y'all. Welcome back to the Late Night Vision Show. This is a special episode, episode 55, and we're going to get right into the Pulsar Axion XM38 review. But before that, we're going to bring in my buddy, my face-to-face buddy. If you're listening on the podcast, you don't get to see it, but go check it on YouTube. The owner of Outdoor Legacy Gear, Mr. Jason Robertson. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you tonight, Hans? Man, I, I'm excited about tonight. Tonight, So tonight we're out uh, together. We're doing one of the hunts that we do quite regularly. We're going to go out and do some coyote calling, some some hog calling to see what we can do. Got to got to get this podcast nailed first. That's right. Uh, everybody wants to see the review of the Pulsar Axion XM38. Uh, and we got to do some chores out on the farm, feed some cattle, maybe fix a couple fences. I don't know. <laughs> I don't no, know nothing man, like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Hans rolls into town today, and we're supposed to go hunting. I've got everything lined up. I've got my laundry room's got rifles <laughs> stacked up, thermals, everything's charged, ready to roll. And he rolls in, and he goes, you know we got to record a podcast first. <laughs> I was like, no, we can do that later. He's yeah. like, if we don't do it now, we'll never do it. And I'm like, uh, you're right. So that is true. He's the slave driver once again. So we're going to be, uh, we'll talk a little bit after the review about uh, some things that we got coming up soon, and we want to talk about a few different things. But we're going to get right into, Jason, the review of the Axion XM38. This is the final review of the series of brand new thermal monoculars out from Pulsar. We've done the Key XM30. We've done the, the non-Key model XM30. And now it's the grandfather of them all, the XM38. Tell us a little bit about what it, you know the specs and sure. I'll, kinda, I'll be the Vanna White over here and show it. So. Vanna White. Well, <laughs> I want a new Vanna White. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, this is the Axion XM38. And just like the other models, uh, it is, it's got all the same features. It has the removable, rechargeable battery pack on it, and it has the... Uh, oh, trying to demonstrate this while you're... You can't <laughs> even get it apart. We've got, yeah, there you go. Removable, rechargeable battery pack. It does have internal video recording. It uses the Pulsar Stream Vision app, and it is a 320 by 240 uh, thermal core resolution. It's 12 microns. And it has got a 32 millimeter objective lens, and it is five and a half power. So 5.5 power base optical magnification. It does have digital zoom above that. So it's a lot of magnification uh, compared to the XM30, which is four power, and the uh, XM30 key, which is 2.5 power. So this is the largest objective lens, highest magnification, and it. Uh, all the other same features. It has the picture-in-picture. It has the color palettes. Again, video recording. There is no audio on the video recording. Some people have been asking about that, and the Axions don't have that. But this is it. If uh, you're looking for a long-range, uh, you know, handheld monocular in the, I hate to use this word again, but but budget line or more affordable line, this is probably going to be it. So we're kind of going to jump in and talk about this. I don't think I left off anything on the specs. No, you know, the only thing, and I'm glad I finally get to do this because you're always the one that has to go back. It does, I hope I, I hope you didn't say it because if not, I wouldn't pay attention. <laughs> it's got the objective focus on the front yes. and the eyepiece uh, diopter focus on the back. So it's got two different focus, uh, focusable options on it, which does help uh, crisp up the pictures. You know, if you're if you have something that doesn't focus on the objective, it's hard to get sometimes that clear, crisp picture, but this does both, uh, so it's definitely a plus. But, you know, I think to be said, um, some things that Pulsar is trying out brand new, Jason, um, you know, they've got the multiple color palettes, which in the past, they haven't done that. So there's, I was playing with them the other night with a different model. Uh, there's several of them, seven or eight different ones. You've got 
a, a bluer, I don't know the names of all of them, but there's there's quite a few of them. So that's new for people out there that are wanting a little bit of variety to them. Um, but really the the switch from the 380 core resolution stuff now to the new generation with the 320 and the 12 micron, you know, switching from that 17 to 12 micron. Um, you know, we've, we both, we've used these models a lot. We've been out in the field with them a lot. I've had uh, these three Axion models for the last, oh gosh, over a month now. Yeah. So, you know, we've had a lot of time to test these out in the field and kind of get a good judge on far as what they're going to be and the expectation people can get from them. Do you want to, I know this is the review of the XM38, but since it's the last one, do you want to just kind of use this as a, a chance to kind of compare and contrast the three models or you want to? Yeah, we can get in that now because um, obviously the, the big difference uh, are going to be the magnification levels. Uh, yeah, I think those really, are the, the yeah. clear cut uh, magnification levels. The two, uh, uh, I guess, um, besides the key model, the other two models do include the internal video recording, so that's a, a big difference. Uh, I think when it comes in, uh, you're talking about picture clarity and picture image and quality and all that. Obviously, I think you're going to get the better image out of the optic that has the bigger objective lens on it. So, you know, with this XM30, uh, I think it does produce a, a very good image. Well, um, and it's not just the the um, the larger objective lens. It's that and it's higher magnification. Higher magnification. So, you know, uh, you know, objects may be closer than they appear. <laughs> Actually, they may be further than they further appear. But, yeah, I think it's a combination of those two things. Yeah. Uh, I think if you pick this thing up, uh, I think, and this is something we can get into another show, but if you put two identical optics side by side, and one's got two and a half power and one's got four, yeah. you're going to say the four power looks better if everything else is the same. The animal just appears closer. But right. but again, a, a larger objective and higher magnification, I definitely think yep. it's going to give the, the uh, appearance of better image quality. But, you can disagree with me here if you want, but this five and a half power... It's okay in a handheld. I don't personally need a scope with this much magnification. You can... Mm -hmm. This is the thing I tell people about a, a handheld. And if you're watching YouTube, I'll, I'll demonstrate this. <laughs> so, a scope with high magnification, you've got that big rifle up, and you're having to move your whole body. And if you're holding it without a tripod, you, you're mm -hmm. not going to be able to hold it very long. Mm -hmm. And even if you got a tripod, I've done it scanning you're going to have to do a feet shuffle you're going right. to, to go 180 degrees you can't you just can't twist enough to do it so you're going to move your feet move around the thing about a handheld with a lot of magnification and a narrower field of view it is not hard to move your whole body 180 degrees twisting at the waist so the point that i'm making is is five and a half power on a handheld is not the end of the world but with that said you still need to understand it's five and a half power. If you're out there hunting fields where you can see a max of 200 yards, you don't need this optic. Right. This is definitely going to be, in my opinion, and Hans can say, it's going to be for the guy who's hunting wide open country and needs some more magnification. It's not what you want in the woods. Oh, for sure. And, you know, especially riding around on a side-by-side -side or on a uh, in a truck, if you've got something high magnification, it'll make you a little bit narcissistic oh, to your stomach. Uh, but, you know, I, I have friends that have this model, and it's the first time they've ever had a thermal optic in their life, and they chose the one with the higher magnification, and they absolutely love it. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we talked about the three different models, and also, you know, to go over the pricing, the, the key model, 
you know, you've got the non-key model XM30, which is $21.99, and this model right here, uh, $25.99. So as you can see, there's a, a $300, uh, basically a $300 jump. Uh, well, this is a $400 jump in this yeah. model. But um, so you're getting a little bit more with that extra incremental price difference with the higher magnifications uh, and the and different better image quality. Correct. Yeah, and so somebody asked me uh, last week, would I just be better off buying a Helion XQ38 for three grand? So, you know, that's another $400 jump. And we kind of go back to it's 3.1 power. Uh, so it's going to be less magnification. It is going to be a better image quality, but it's also a larger unit. So you have got to decide what you're looking for. If you're looking for, number one, if you're looking for budget, uh, if, if you need to stay under three grand and you need to be in that 25, 2600, or you know, all the way down to 1899, this is the option. You don't even consider a Helion. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for size and weight, and I know everybody who's listening to these reviews is tired of hearing that, but again, if size and weight right. is important, you go with this. If it is pure image quality, then I think you go with the Helion. Mm -hmm. But the, the image quality on this unit is closer to the Helion than any of the other models. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, and the reason with the Helion also, you're stepping up into a different price bracket as well. Sure. So, uh, you know, for $25.99, I know we said it in the previous weeks, for uh, for $25.99, you can have get into the thermal game. And I know a lot of people that are, they don't even have a thermal scope, but they're using a thermal monocular mm -hmm to scan in the spot, and then once they see their object, the hog or coyote, then they're pulling up their night vision scope. Yeah. And it gives them a little bit more of an advantage, but for $25.99, uh, you're in the thermal game and you're able to be productive and, and, and efficient. I think this unit right here, I would feel very confident in saying, uh, I don't want to say ID range, I'd have to, mm, I don't know, I don't want to say, but I would say detection range. I don't know how far, it's ver further than I can see, but you know, four or five hundred yards detecting hogs, coyotes is absolutely no problem. That's right. no, no issue. I wouldn't say IDing at those ranges, but detecting, no issue. And so if you're hunting big, wide open fields, uh, definitely this is going to be a better option. And, you know, the other thing not to forget about, I talked to a guy this week about this as well. He's buying a handheld thermal and same kind of thing. He wants to use it with his night vision scope. But he said the way I'm justifying it is for deer hunting. Yeah. And that's something we'll probably talk about in a whole other episode. We'll discuss that. But this is the kind of thing that if you want for daytime spotting while deer hunting, these Axions, all three of these are the size that you can throw in to your bag. Now, he asked me specifically about this model, and he said, how would this be uh, for deer hunting? And I said, "My," because and recovering, you know, dead deer, finding them. And I honestly wouldn't suggest the XM38 for that just because of the magnification. If you're getting into the woods or into thick brush, searching for something that you may be 10 to 30 yards from, mm -hmm. not that saying you can't find it, but you just don't need that much magnification to do it. So, all right, so I'm going to put you on the spot. We didn't talk about this. But great. what would you say, so if a guy's sitting here listening to it and he says, you know, um, I can afford all three models, but... Um, what model would you buy for what ranges? So let's say I'm going to, you know, how far yeah. and how close and how far would you say each model, your opinion? You know, uh, starting off with the key XM30, I think you're looking at as far as an ID range at, at the very high end, 200 yards. 
and I think that's the high-end range uh, for ID. I think for the regular non-key model XM30, you're going to be looking more. I think that you can ID at 400 yards with this. Um, and I, I, I the XM30. The XM30. I, I I used it a bunch, and I was out in the field with it a bunch. So. Uh, maybe it's because I'm used to ID. <laughs> We're going to disagree. But I think you can ID at 400 yards with it. Um, ID what? Deer and hogs, the difference between deer and hogs. Uh, but, you know, we have to be careful when we're talking about ID range because we've got to also keep in mind, Jason, that you and I do this every night. That's right. I, so I we know how a deer walks. We know the, the stride a deer walks in. We know how the mannerisms of a hog, that a hog moves around a lot more than a, a deer does. Moves yeah. different than a hog. I mean. So... My ID range at 400 yards might be somebody else's ID range at 300 yards. Sure. Uh, so keeping that in mind, it might be a little bit lower for people that aren't doing it as often as we are. Uh, for the XM38, you know, you could probably add in another 100 yards on top of that. So uh, at a high end, 400 yards. But what about this? What if a guy says, um, tell me how far generally I should buy this? Like if I'm going to be looking, I think we can say right now. If I'm going to, all my stuff is going to be 100 yards or less, buy a key. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I mean, that, that's right. fine. What would you say on the XM30 would be a, a normal good range out to, like a, a close range, far range, like a 50 to what? Yeah, so 50 yards, since it does have a higher mm -hmm. uh, magnification at that four power, you know, I would think, um, man, you don't want anything too, <laughs> too close. Four power, uh, well, I'll tell you this. I was uh, videoing some hogs with the XM30 at 30 yards, and I just stood there for 15 minutes videoing them. And it, I uh, got a little concerned because it looked like they were right up my tail. <laughs> so that was a that was a little close. So I'd say XM30, 75 out to 175 to 200 yards is going to be in that range. Uh, if you've got to do, uh, if if you depend, if you're a coyote hunter out in the Midwest and you're depending on ID and coyotes anything past that, you're either going to have to use the XM38 uh, or you're going to have to look at getting a Helion model uh, yeah. with even more, uh, you know, more of a, a bigger objective lens and also with yeah, more range. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I would say generally, uh, you know, I personally think that the, the value in this, this line is the regular XM30 for $21.99. Mm -hmm. That's the model that I'm going to keep. That's the model I'm going to use. I think that it's a $300 upgrade from the key model. I don't really need the 4-power, but the, the benefit in the better image quality because of the, uh, the AM OLED display that these regular uh, Axions have compared to the LCOS display a little lower resolution that the key model has i think that for me the xm30 is kind of like the middle of the road the way to go for me and i would say that generally if somebody said how you know what's a normal range for it i'd say 50 to 300 um and again i'm looking 500 every night and i'm still using it so i think you can do that i think if you know you're going to have a ton of stuff if most of your stuff's going to be over 200 yards, then I would definitely start considering the mm -hmm. the XM38. And I think Hans just said it. If you're hunting farm country, if you're hunting coyotes in the Midwest, I think the 38 is a, is a really good option for that, for reaching out there. But I do think that the regular XM30 is kind of the middle of the road, you know, just... Yeah best option for yeah. price value i think in in uh in the review videos that i've done on my own uh youtube channel hans east, east texas hans etx 
Shameless plug right there. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, when I was doing the review of the Key XM30, um, at the end of the video, I suggested, hey, for $300 more, this is what you can get. And so I think the best buy is going to be that XM30 model. Um, for the average person. For the average person that doesn't need to ID out past further than two and 300 yards. That's right. Um, but again, $25.99 is the price of this XM38. Uh, you know, I think Pulsar has done a great job of filling a, a void in the market when it comes to handheld thermal monoculars and a price range. I think this is what it was designed to do. And I think for what it was designed to do and the price point that it's at, I think it's a good buy. I know we've, we've gone over these, uh, you know, endlessly on the, the other reviews, but I know that there's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this and watching this that have only seen this one. So a lot of times Hans and I are bad about assuming everybody has seen mm, yeah. every video or yeah. listened to every podcast, and we know that's not true. So I do want to mention a couple quick things on these batteries. They do come with one battery. Mm-hmm. It is rechargeable. Uh, this unit, I, I tested the unit, and I got almost within, within like a minute and a half of three hours exactly. Uh, in the That's normal temperatures. That's, you know. 70 degrees in the house turning it off and on several times throughout the day and timing it in the field obviously i think if you've got a whole bunch of turn it off turn it on if there's video recording uh you're you know manipulating other things using that battery i think you're going to get less than three hours uh, but i think it'll be somewhere close to that i talked to a customer this week who said that uh, he's been using his in the field and keeping really close tabs on it and he said he was getting right around uh, over two and a half hours, not quite three. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I was was at with it. One, one more thing I want to mention yeah. is that these batteries are sold separately. We do have them in stock. They're $99 to get an extra battery. When you buy a regular Axion XM30 or 38, it comes with a, uh, a charger. You can actually charge two of these battery packs at one time. So mm-hmm. last night, knowing that, that Hans was coming, know we're going to use these things. I pulled all my batteries out, and I was able to charge two at a time in one charger, right. which is nice. Now, if you buy a key, there is not a charger with it. You can buy that extra, or you can just plug in the USB cable right here on the side. I don't know if I can get that open. <laughs> There's just a little rubber flap right there that you plug yeah. in, and you can plug it in the wall and charge it that way. I would highly suggest picking up another battery for these. Uh, I think it's, it's worth it. Uh, three hours goes pretty quick sometimes, especially if you turn on an awful lot and it does run down that battery fa- faster. So for 99 bucks, you can have an extra battery for it. You can switch them in and out when you're out in the field because sometimes we're, we're using these things a lot more than we realize, especially a spot and scope and a, sc- a scanner. Um, but y'all go check these out at OutdoorLegacyGear.com. Uh, if you're interested in purchasing, you have buying questions, you can always call Jason at 877-350-1818. He's happy to take your phone calls, answer all your questions. Uh, sometimes when you call, you may get me, depending, <laughs> depending on what's going on. Depends if you're lucky or unlucky, <laughs> however you want to look. Uh, but uh, you can go check these out again at OutdoorLegacyGear.com. Uh, it's listed on the website. You can also do your own. Uh, looking at all three models, compare and contrast. But if you're trying to nail down what the best unit for you is, uh, reach out to us. Give us a call. We want to walk you through this. We want to talk you through this. And in a lot of cases, Jason, people... Uh, can buy a unit that is less expensive than they thought they, they wanted or needed. Uh, but it would yeah, be more suited for their hunting situation or their hunting style and end up uh, having a better unit, less expensive, 
and everybody's happy. So right. go check it out, OutdoorLegacyGear.com. Uh, we also wanted to talk a little bit about refresh rates. Yeah, okay, so last week on episode 54, Four. This 54, is <laughs> all right, of the, of the podcast, we did just basically some thermal basics, an overview of a lot of different terms and that sort of thing, and we honestly got rushed in there uh, because I did all the talking, and Hans just sitting over there twiddling his thumbs, and the viewers were bored, and it, it was terrible, but I... I was rushing because well, there was... Well, I want to clear the record. We got a lot of good feedback from that show. A lot of... We actually really did, which I was surprised because Jason did talk the whole entire time. <laughs> um, it was surprised. I, but no, but we did get a lot of good feedback. A lot of... You know, because of the discussion, I think a lot of people out there um, see a lot of these terms. They didn't know them. But one of the things that came up uh, in a comment or a question was the refresh rates on these. Okay, so yeah, we, we've got a... Uh, a listener who's been with the show from the beginning and Kevin, he knows who he is. And so he sent us an email and he brought something up that he's dead on with this. And I was thinking about this when we were, when I was doing it, but I was scared to go down this path because I know it's just going to take longer. And I can't see Hans when we're doing it normally because we're, he's at his house and I'm at right. mine. But I knew he was just tapping his foot <laughs> over there with a stopwatch. So I, I didn't go on. But, but Kevin is dead on on this. So I want to bring it up. I talked about the refresh rates being 30 hertz and 60 hertz, and I said how it really doesn't you know, matter what the refresh rate is uh, for normal hunting conditions. And uh, Kevin didn't disagree with that. But there are older optics and some you know, less expensive optics. I don't know, some are still expensive. There are some optics out there, not many yeah. left, that are under 30 hertz. Okay, And my advice would be don't buy those optics. I'm just going to blanket. There's always exceptions to every rule. Yeah. But what happens is, is if you do get down there into the 7, 9, 12, or 20, that is where the human eye can start to pick up the fact that there's not enough frames per second. 30 hertz is the base. And normally at 30 hertz, at normal movements, your eye can't pick up any dropped frames but when you get down there into these low frame units, uh, you know, per second, then when you start moving, it starts cutting out because you're losing frames. Mm -hmm. And you will see that it gets choppy and it is not ideal. I would not advise buying one of those units. Uh, Pulsar used to have some of those. They've been discontinued for probably three years now, maybe yeah, probably three years FLIR still has some uh, some of their models out and some of the scouts are normally in the handhelds is where you're going to find those. And one reason that uh, a, a lot of manufacturers were doing that at one point, number one, it was cheaper. Number two, there's some rules with exporting that would allow them to get those units exported easy, more easy uh, outside of the U.S. They were exportable. And so, because they had the lower frame rate, and that met some of the federal regulations. So, with that said, in today's market, where we're at, 2019, I would not buy anything less than 30 hertz. There's just no reason to do it. So, I did want to clear that up when I said it doesn't matter. I don't think it really matters between 30, 50, or 60 for the average guy. But what we have seen is every single unit Pulsar makes is 50 hertz. FLIR, all of their thermosites have gone to 60 hertz. Um, you know, everything seems to be going that direction. 
So for whatever that's worth, I don't think we're going to have to worry about it in a few years. Uh, some of the scopes I'm not 100% sure about. Some of the ATNs, uh, they don't list sometimes some of those specs, and that's that's worrisome. <laughs> but that's a, another topic for another day. Well, I will push back a little bit on you because I wasn't tapping my foot while you were talking in episode 54 of the whole show. Uh, I just sent you a text message that said, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. I didn't sit until it was over. I didn't, uh, I tried to look at my phone, and, uh, and I was like, I got to, I was like, what is the text? Yeah, wrap it up. <laughs> I was I was pulling the plug on Jason, uh, uh, on the Jason show on last episode. But So that is a good recap of the refresh rates and uh, some clarification, and thank you, Kevin, for bringing that to our attention. We do, y'all, we do read all the emails that come in. Uh, all the text messages. If you if you want to text us, we, we'd really love to share your picture on social media. We do get a lot of people that text and email us, but you can text, uh, text us at picture at 903-833-4461. And you can always email us show suggestions, pictures, all that kind of stuff at the late night vision show.com. So tonight, Jason, you and I are hunting again. What is the over and under for hogs and coyotes, do you think? Oh, wow. I'm going under <laughs> on everything. <laughs> you haven't even heard the number no, yet. It doesn't matter. I'm going under. I choose under. Always go under. Um, so tonight what we're going to do is uh, I got a, a good buddy of mine that uh, has got a place. Um, I don't know. I've hunted with him for years on this place. It used to be pasture, uh, four or 500 acres. They planted it in pine trees, just clear cut it. And I drove out there today. And it looks like the backside of the moon. I mean, there is nothing out there. They're getting mm. ready to replant pine trees on it again. And so there is nothing. And it is a beautiful rolling hills. You can see forever. And so I, we're going to go out there and try to call some coyotes. I think the hogs are going to be limited because there's really no food sources right there on this place. Uh, they own several more hundred acres around it, uh, mostly pine trees. Uh, they're not, you know, no corn feeders or anything right now. So probably not a lot of hogs. We may try to call a few around some of the wooded areas just to try, but we're going to try to call in some coyotes and see what we can yeah. do. And uh, I'm still setting, I'm still going under. under Whatever. He but, hadn't even heard the number yet, yeah. y'all. So. The, the other thing is, is that last night we had a, a just torrential flood. I don't know how much rain we got, but I've got a... a down, down here in the south, we call them turd floaters. Yeah, it's a turd floater. <laughs> we, uh, I've got a... I've got a rain gauge that holds six inches, and in two hours, it overflowed six inches. So I don't yeah. know. Neighbor a couple miles down the road said they had nine inches in there. They had a big gauge. I, I don't yeah. know. All I know is that everything is wet. Everything's a mess. Standing water. When I rode up to that place today after church, uh, it's it's a muddy mess. So we're going to have to stay on the roads, and we may be maybe calling somebody to put us out. <laughs> well, you know, with that convergent collar that we've been using, We'll be able to hopefully pull out some hogs out of some woods. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get them in from far away. Yeah, we we'll have when you talk about two on another show, we hadn't done it. Is when you talk about that convergent sidewinder. That's yeah. the, the small, a small call that goes on the side of your rifle. We've got those in stock now mm -hmm. as well. So uh, that's a, a neat little unit. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go out and we're, we're gonna try anyway. So stay tuned next week because you'll get to hear. Uh, hopefully, this isn't embarrassing, but you'll be able to hear how we did. Uh, you it's know, <laughs> ne we've never had a really good, I should say, we always have fun. We have fun. And if he's not here, I've got hogs 
everywhere yeah. on my place. Right now, I hadn't seen a hog in, in two weeks. Yeah. If I go with him, he's telling me about all these hogs, showing me cell phone <laughs> pictures on the way up. I get there, and all yeah. of the hogs are gone. It's, uh, you know, especially with this trip, it's kind of, there's been a lot of rain. Here in the last several weeks, it's just all these floods and rains have just done a number on hogs, and they're so erratic right now, it's hard to really judge what's going to happen. Uh, but we're going to go out there and try to make some hay. And we'll see what we're going to do. We're going to, hey, we may not be successful, but we're going to try it hard and we're going to try to look hard and look good at doing it or something. (laughs) We're not going to look good, but we're going to. Now, we always have a good time. And hey, y'all know this. Uh, It's a lot of fun. You're not quote unquote successful every time, uh, but it's a successful hunt is a good hunt that you enjoyed. And, and, you know, as long as Hans and I get to go out and goof off and mess with all this thermal, we're having a good time. Stay tuned for the behind the scenes for all you YouTube subscribers. There's going to be a behind and Jason is not thrilled about this because I've already started. I'm setting up and he's up here filming me. I didn't know what he was doing. I'm like, what is this? Stay tuned to the YouTube channel because there's going to be a behind the scenes video of some hunts that we're going on tonight of jason out here on the land i want y'all to get to know and know exactly who jason robertson is i'm here at his home and we're going to give you a behind the scenes exclusive i'm gonna have to edit all of this (laughs) i'm gonna have to see this before he shows it (laughs) well thank y'all for joining us again this week i know it says on the paper for me for you to close but i'll just go ahead and close it out go Go ahead and uh, uh go follow us the late night vision show you can find us on on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. The YouTube channel is growing like crazy. We've got a lot of views. We're doing re- reviews on scopes, doing uh, you know all kinds of topics on coyote and hog hunting. So go check it out on, on the Late Night Vision Show on YouTube. Uh, Mr. Jason Robertson, you can find him uh, on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. Go check out his website, OutdoorLegacyGear.com. You can call him at 877-350-1818. Uh, and myself, uh, you can find me at on Instagram at Hans ETX. That's H A N S E T X. You can also find me on YouTube at Hans ETX. Uh, put out videos on a weekly basis. So thank you all for joining us again this week. So uh, we'll see you all next week. Stay safe in the fields. Keep making them bacon pancakes.